Hello. Hello. I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. Howdy. We're happy you're here. I'm happy you're here. You're happy we're here. Hi, Barbie. Hi. (laughs) Uh, We're two best friends who like talking about really anything, honestly, but the main things we try to keep on track here are spooky, ooky, unsolved, unanswered, questionable, confusing, sometimes mother stuff, but those are the main things. Yeah. They have the the overarching themes of the majority of what we do. And you can find all of those at our website, thispodcastdoesn'texist.com. Dot com. You can find our transcripts. You can find our socials where you can see where we live and hang out and photos from the episodes. They're all there. And there's a button that says write in where you can write in. Wow. Yeah. And let us know how you doing, how we doing, how everything is happening, anything fun that's happened to you, anything spooky that's happened to you. I will say that if you do send a photo of a creepy doll, please make sure in the uh, title or subject line of your email that you make it clear that Shannon should not look. Because we don't, as much as we enjoy a good a good scare, we don't want a jump scare. Jump scare. Jump oh. scare. So, thank you so much in advance. Can't wait to see you there in the inbox. But yeah, today is my episode. I'm very excited. This is also a two-do-shé. Two-do-shé. For us. Two-do-shé. Theater kids, get those bingo cards out. That was a theater reference. I'm sleeping over. Shannon's sleeping over tonight. Which means it's currently 10.08 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Monday night. Woo! We're adults. We are. Look, this is my fault, so I can't complain. Like, we were supposed to record yesterday, and then I went off the rails. I did something a little kooky crazy, you guys. It Honestly, I'm so proud of you and your and your impulsiveness in this situation. I'm so proud. Thank you. I'm so proud. For those of you who are not on my close friend's story on Instagram, I got a tattoo. A tattoo for my my for the first time. Feels like the first time. Shout out to my tattoo doula, Holland. Um who <laughs> <laughs> was like That's amazing. talking me through and like distracting me did they come up with that name or did you no i did and it's amazing <laughs> great job yeah we got the same because it was a uh, a flash event for in a pride fundraiser so we have the technically we have the same design in sort of the same place but theirs is upside down or it, yeah. oriented opposite it, from me yeah <laughs> 180 there we go yeah but yeah it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be and now i'm afraid because it's about to be a really expensive hobby not hobby but <laughs> uh you know i'll just take all the money i haven't been spending on instagram earrings <laughs> and put it in a piggy bank for potentially more tattoos i i am excited for this prospect me too i'm also excited because earlier we were talking about it and emma said that she would be open to getting a ghosty in honor of the podcast. I would. What I, is I there like? A, are we it. tying it to like a a time? Oh god, like no. a, if a we, milestone. If we or? if we do that, I I think I would probably almost immediately be like the minute we get to that milestone or whatever, I'd be like, nope, change my mind. I just continuously move the goalpost. <laughs> Emma's like one million subscribers. <laughs> yeah. 
honestly, you guys, I, that she scared of needles. I it, it has everything to do with my fear of needles, which like, is ironic because I'm a diabetic and we're best friends. Yeah, I mean, the universe would do that to me. I mean, like, hey, here, knock, confront your fears. Knock on wood, you haven't had to stab something into me. And Honestly, now I have the nose. If I, I pass out, say, I have the nose thing now. Exactly. That was my next thing. It was like, they have innovated it a bit. So I don't have to throw a needle into your, into your thigh or your ass if, I did, if need be. Yeah. <laughs> What's that look? That was me scooting my booty out. Oh, I see. <laughs> Shantae. You, you stay. stay. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Oh, yeah, but we were supposed to record. We had scheduled. We've worked through our schedule through August, y'all, our recording schedule. And then on Thursday, first I was like, what if we just skipped recording and did this? And Emma was like, uh, that, that I'm going to barf if I think about that. And I'm like, okay, well, what if I do it? So then we did not record on Sunday evening, which is why we're here at late night. Late night edition. Late night. Oh, my gosh. Should we go get some peanut butter whiskey? <laughs> Pull a Greg? <laughs> I'm, we, have, am, we have work tomorrow. I'm like, I'm feeling like peppermint tea. <laughs> I am. I'm a grandma. I'm tired. <laughs> Living it up. Turn up. Turn down. Turn down for what? For bed. <laughs> Turn down the covers, climb in bed, and listen to our podcast. Yeah. Maybe only certain episodes. I, yes. I would not choose the... Anything uh, Emma hosts. <laughs> not... not anything there are some fun ones in there i would suggest doing the what is it the manhattan project that's not what i mean (laughs) (laughs) i've never done no i'm like i think that's fairly well documented that's very well documented the uh the montauk montauk project Project. thank (laughs) you so much i was like an m and it means and it has project at the end of it the montauk project it's in new jersey yeah that's definitely one where i would suggest going you know that's a that's a fun one to listen to as you fall asleep you know it that one's fun all right. Well, before I fall asleep, let's get it going. Not because of the story, but just because it's late. No, just because I'm some sleepy little bug. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, I'm. I don't have a, a intro necessarily for this, but today we're talking about the Enfield monster. Do you know about this at all? No. No conception of it. Okay, great. I also did not know this existed. Hold because on, I'm gonna give it to you. It's it's not the mon- it's not the monster under your bed. It's the what you said. That's your lead in because we oh, were talking about being asleep, <laughs> going to bed, and listening to our podcast in the bed. Shannon is all about them. I'm just trying to find the connections. Yeah. Yes, and okay. What's that sorry. Called? Why can't I think of the word? Segway. Segue. Segue. Sh- Shannon is all about those segways. She. Loves a good Segway. I mean, as do I. But my gosh, watching people ride on a Segway <laughs> is the funniest thing. And they're not the even going that fast. And they're not good at it. It's so good. Look, I I probably would also look like a dork if I got on one. I mean, I absolutely would, which is why I refuse. Yeah, I feel like I'd look dumb. Yeah. I did see a crew of people, though, that must have been a bachelor party where they were dressed up as all of the characters from Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. That's well done. Well played. Yeah. Um, it was all all men, so I don't know if there was a Princess Peach character, or at least if there was, there wasn't one there. It was all the, like, male, like, presenting I characters. See. Not I was like, why wouldn't there no, should be? No, as, as there should be. But, I, I, I like, they were all male presenting characters, so, like, Luigi, Waluigi, and Mario, and all that. So, it was funny. 
cute. Anyway, the Enfield monster is not a Mario Kart character. We're going to start just with a, a quick little bedtime story. Oh, okay. Okay. So, at around 10 p.m., around now, on April 25th, 1973, something scratched at Henry McDaniel's front door in Enfield, Illinois. Looking out his window to see who or what could be bothering him so late, Shannon is acting out this entire thing, you guys. <laughs> McDaniel saw what he thought was a bear. In true country fashion, he grabbed his gun and a flashlight to head out into the windy night and go after the thing that knocked not so nicely. <laughs> Once outside, he saw a creature between two rose bushes with what looked like three legs, but in, quote, almost human-like body, end quote. It was around four and a half feet tall, he claimed, and had, quote, two little short arms, two pink eyes as big as flashlights, and was grayish colored. You look like a fish. <laughs> I do. You're beautiful. What a beautiful fish. If, if I, I were a fish and you got, got me, you'd say, look at that fish. We got to see Karuk before that song went viral. Fun fact. Yeah, we did. That was fun. So... There's this scary monster-looking thing in his rose bushes. So in fear, McDaniel fired four shots at the being in his rose bushes. Of course he did. Yes. One shot hit its mark and caused the creature to hiss like a wildcat before running towards a railway embankment, taking only three jumps to go 50 to 75 feet. Wow. After McDaniel ran back inside and called the police, he led authorities to footprints in the dirt near the house. The report stated that McDaniel seemed to be, quote, rational and sober when telling them the incident and showing them the footprints that appeared like a dog's, but with six toe pads. The authorities thanked McDaniel for his report and waited through the residents who had converged near the home to discuss the event. The police didn't expect to hear anything more about it. Two days later, the story had been printed in the newspapers and released to news services, with an article in the Champaign-Urbana News Gazette noting school children claiming they had seen a creature like the one described near the school ballpark around the same time. The article concluded that the creature was likely creatures and, quote, they were not from this planet, mm. end quote. WWKI, a local radio station, had a reporter on the case the same day as the story was printed who provided the coverage that at least three other residents of Enfield had seen something weird in the neighborhood. This included McDaniel's 10-year-old neighbor, Greg Garrett, who claimed that a half an hour before McDaniel called the authorities for his own sighting, the creature had jumped from some bushes close enough to step on Garrett's feet and rip his tennis shoes to shreds. He had fled into his home screaming. Hmm. By Monday, April 30th, McDaniel himself had received around 250 phone calls to his home since the story was printed, including one from a, quote, government representative, mm. end quote, who stated that McDaniel's account was similar to others that had been occurring since 1967, usually associated with UFO sightings. The article reporting this influx of interest also stated that an anthropologist interviewed McDaniel and examined the creature's footprints. A recent theory had been proposed that the creature was an escaped kangaroo pet, but the anthropologist stated that the tracks could not be considered those of a kangaroo. McDaniel had also had a kangaroo as a pet while stationed at a military base in Australia and was certain he knew what a kangaroo footprint looked like. <laughs> These were not it. Also... <laughs> 
that he knew what its footprint looked like. Not that he's for sure what a kangaroo looks like. Just their <laughs> footprint. Well, I mean, and it's an interesting thought, too, because it's the three-legged thing mm-hmm. that they're trying to identify. And kangaroos, with their tail, their tail essentially being a limb in, oh, yeah. into itself, like, it would make sense that if you saw it and in you the saw... Dark yeah. And the- that it would probably look like it had three legs. And it has little short arms. Exactly. And, like, from a distance, it might look gray, especially in the dark. But, like, I don't know. There, there was there was something about it where he, he described it as more human than not. And kangaroos kind of look, like, like very skinny on the top and then Yeah, but have you ever seen, like, a jacked kangaroo? Yeah, they're terrifying. They're yeah. terrifying. But still, like, I and don't know. And they're pretty tall, though. Yeah, they can get, they can be really big. So having something that's like four and a half feet, interesting. That's not necessarily. It's vibing. like now that we're saying it, I'm like, oh yeah, it could it to- could totally be a kangaroo. But I never would have been like, oh, I bet it was a kangaroo, right? Like when you yeah. were just describing it. Yeah. So it it's interesting. Two hunters had also taken the weekend before this Monday article to track the creature to no avail. The article said that it must be a bear stalking around Enfield or something. They're like, we don't know what it is. Okay. Two weeks after the first incident, on May 6th, the radio station WWKI received a call from McDaniel where he claimed he had been visited by the creature again that morning at 3 a.m. He was woken by the howling of neighborhood dogs and looked out his front window. He said, quote, I saw something moving out on the railroad track and there it stood. I didn't shoot at it or anything. It started on down the railroad track. It wasn't in a hurry. End quote. WWKI's news director, best name, Rick Rainbow. Rick Rainbow reporting for WWKI. Isn't that great? Yeah. What a great name. Joined a three-person search party for the creature on the same day in the area of McDaniel's home. He reported that while on the search, they heard the creature's cries and recorded the sound, saw it standing in an abandoned building near McDaniel's house looking ape-like, and fired a shot at the thing before they fled. So this is going to become a recurring theme. They keep calling it more ape-like than anything else. Hmm. On May 8th, two days after the interview and eventful search, five young men were arrested by the local police who had come to town to photograph the creature, carrying guns for protection. They did in fact come across the creature who they claimed was a hairy gray monkey and shot in its direction in the underbrush, unable to capture a photo. The police had been called to investigate the reports of the gunfire and the men were charged with hunting violations. Despite the fervor in town about the monster, the sheriff dismissed the quote, monster hunting expedition claims saying that the men were just drinking and raising hell and only mentioned the monster briefly before being charged. Hmm. So, in his claim, they didn't really come to town to do anything more than be rowdy. Mm -hmm. The arrests, of course, appeared in the news, and an article in the Carmi Times expressed residents' fears that the press coverage the creature was getting would lead to other monster hunters eager to shoot something, ending up in dead or injured citizens and livestock. It, quote, was also suggested that many of the experts visiting Enfield to examine tracks and gather other facts were no more anthropologists than were any of the local citizens, end quote. 
The arrests and the published fears of locals did nothing to stop the flocks of people from visiting Enfield, Illinois, in the hopes of catching a glimpse of the creature. Local Sheriff Roy Posher Jr. warned McDaniel about spreading the news wider and that he hadn't actually seen anything weird at all, just shapes in the dark. But McDaniel remained unconvinced and now believed the sheriff knew more than he let on, wanting it to remain hidden from the local town folk. In all likelihood, the sheriff just didn't want drunk people with guns to deal with. Fair. It does seem fair. Like, yeah, yeah I would rather not have to deal with corpses. Please and thank you. Like, put that on the merch. I <laughs> would rather not have to deal with corpses. Yeah. I don't want no corpses. Emma Kylie, 2023. <laughs> I don't want no corpses. Two citizens seemed to have an answer to the monster, though. One, an Enfield man, after being questioned by his neighbor, said that the calf pen he had initially claimed he was building was actually a monster pen for when the monster was finally caught, assuming that it would be alive and able to be studied. The other was an Ohio resident who was offering over $500 in reward for information regarding who he believed was the real Enfield monster, his pet kangaroo, Macy, who Aww. had been missing for over a year. Oh. There's no information on whether or not she was found. I believe she went and lived in the wild. You know what I want to believe? Hmm. Is that she went up to Canada and is hanging out with the Mounties and Mara, uh, Mara Murray. <laughs> Hopefully they and have Tupac. her somewhere warm. Yeah. Inside. Yeah. You know, the Arctic kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. Macy, the Arctic kangaroo. <laughs> A children's book coming to this podcast doesn't exist press sometime. TPDE press. TPDEP. <laughs> World-renowned cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman, who has written multiple books on many of our favorite cryptids, and who also founded Portland, Maine's Cryptozoological Museum, investigated the case of the Enfield monster. He said... Quote, I traveled to Enfield, interviewed the witnesses, looked at the sighting of the house the Enfield monster had damaged, heard some strange screeching banshee-like sounds, and walked away bewildered. End quote. Okay. Yeah. Eventually the stories and the fervor died down, but the legend of the monster remains. So any thoughts before we jump into theories? What a wild time. I know. These people need to build a bowling alley or something they need a yeah and i will say this is the 70s or like a paintball field Ooh, i i do love paintball when was paintball invented it's a great question I, it feels like a 90s thing yeah lots of neon and yeah i feel like the mechanism existed well before then but it was well, like yeah. making it commercial was definitely like an 80s 90s thing i'm sure yeah. i mean we don't know but and we refuse to google it <laughs> i mean we could, but the one time that we did go paintballing as a family, mm -hmm. it was for my brother's birthday, mm -hmm. and we took some of his friends, mm -hmm. but my mom was like, I want to do it, and I was like, I want to do it. Of course. So my dad was like, all right, well, I guess we're all doing it, so we all went, and uh, I have never seen my father, a military man who had genuine military training, mm -hmm. um, I've never seen my father with a gun, ever. Mm -hmm. Watching him play paintball against essentially children was the funniest thing I've ever seen because he got like so 
intense about it and would get so excited when he hit a child. <laughs> Relatable. Which, you know, I love him. It was great. He had a great time. The answer is June 1981. <gasps> we were good. We were right. And it was invented in New Hampshire. New Hampshire? By Hayes Knoll, a Wall Street stock trader, and Charles Gaines, an outdoorsman and writer. A debate arose between them about whether a city dweller had the instinct to survive in the woods against a man who had spent his youth hunting, fishing, and building cabins. That's just a selection from the Wikipedia page. I love that. So it's it's the story of the city mouse and the country mouse is really what's happening. Yeah. I love it. Apparently the first paintball gun was invented in the mid-60s as an efficient way of marking trees that needed to be cut down. I'm surprised no one thought of making it a game before Look, 1981. I, I don't know. Fascinating. Thank it, you. It actually started as just a bet between two <laughs> dudes. I mean, essentially, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. I bet you can't. I can't, I bet you can't outrun me. I bet you can't outlast me. Yeah. I went to paintball once, and I played one round, and my anxiety was. I I went back and I sat out the rest of them. I claimed that my blood sugar was too low. <laughs> But it was like my friend Caitlin, her younger brother's birthday party. So it was like, well, we're not getting a babysitter for, you know, the twins and Caitlin. Like, we're just bringing all of you. And like, oh, you all get to bring a friend to your brother's thing. Yeah. I mean, that that feels like an appropriate way of dealing with that. I don't. I'm sorry. I like laser tag. Laser tag is the same competitive edge, but no pain. No impact. Yeah. It's also a cardio. Yeah, it is. Me and a bunch of 12-year-olds. I'm like, get out of the way. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> we should go. <gasps> I'm putting it on the list. You should put it on the list. Uh, Zachary is incredibly good at it because, <sighs> of course. Of course. Um, and the one time that we played, Uh-oh. which I am the most competitive person on the planet. Oh, I um, know. <laughs> so we went, and it was a uh, group of high schoolers and a troop of Boy Scouts. And <laughs> oh, I, no. uh, thinking I was smart... Joined the high schoolers. I should not have done that. High nope. schoolers are the most apathetic people on the planet. Really Why did are. I do that? The Boy Scouts. They organize. So organized. And they trained to be in yeah, the woods. <laughs> Zachary was like, absolutely. And so he turned around to them. I watched him do this because we're in the room of like, He's okay, like, these are I'm your teams. leader now. <laughs> he turned around to them and he goes, I don't care what you do to those other people on the team, but you see her, <laughs> destroy her. And wow. they motherfucking did what a what a healthy marriage it was honestly <laughs> admirable the way that they like would come after me <laughs> they jump out of the ceiling you're like so, honestly i was impressed with their like ability to organize but like they were good and apparently what they kept doing is like zachary would be off doing something else in the room and they would come running back to him and be like i got her i got her i got her <laughs> so funny Which is just he's so like sweet. what do 12 year old boys feel about women they're kind of scary and girls have cooties like yeah they're somewhere in that spectrum let's play into this let's see what we can get out of like bet that's genuinely so um i highly recommend playing laser tag with your loved ones i will say that if you are a competitive competitive person like myself be willing to let things roll off your back 
because if you don't i'm gonna play this back to you oh no i know i know that i'm i know that i'm digging myself a hole mccarthy day is coming up and it's coming uh, i i i talk a big game and then she did last year i i warned her we were we drove up this is competitive talk now sorry i was like listen you can't talk shit because if you talk shit and fail, they won't let you li- live it down. Aunt Peggy burnt biscuits back in, like, the 80s. I wasn't even alive yet, but I know we make fun of her hockey puck biscuits. Like, that's what we do. And I was like, yeah, I got it. I got it. Keep it cool. Keep it cool. Yeah. Proceeds I, to go up to yeah. my father and be like, we're going to crush you with cornhole. <laughs> I will destroy um, you, John. We, we did not get, we, we got crushed in yeah. cornhole. All right. Well. Moving on to theories. Anyways, after, after competitive talk, the first theory is, of course, that it's real. While many people wouldn't ever turn down a good reason to get drunk and go shoot things, apparently, McDaniel was not one of these people. He was sober and clear with the authorities when they came to investigate the first incident and pretty consistent in his story throughout the years. The scratches on the siding of his home and his later insistence during during the second encounter doesn't necessarily read as someone making things up. Hmm. But the Enfield monster is not the only cryptid to haunt southern Illinois. <gasps> These cousin cryptids are the abominable swamp slobs, which me, hashtag swamp slob. <laughs> now that I have a ghillie suit head, I am swamp slob. <laughs> i'm broken i can't aren't swamps inherently sloppy like right like slob slobbish slovenly slovenly how do you have an orderly swamp you don't i think that was shrek's problem he wanted an orderly swamp no he just wanted to be alone yeah, but that meant order. He wanted things in his in, in order and in his own way. I guess. The swamp slob. Yes. Is a bipedal, hairy, red-eyed creature, and they often stink to high heaven with oh, yeah, garbage weird. or sewage. Thank you. <laughs> and leap enormous distances with mm. an ear-splitting cry. Oh, no. So mind. You're not that athletic. <laughs> I'm not that athletic, but I will scream in your ear. Yeah. It's happened. They come in gray, white, or dark brown. Ooh. And are only ever seen at night as they are sensitive to light. Same. Yeah. The only reason they are not considered to be the same animal or creature as the Enfield monster are that their prints are four-toed rather than the six described by McDaniel's first-hand account. And they are missing the key third leg with those six toes. What? So they're cousin cryptids because they're in the same area. They have similar features. They're neighbors, not related. We don't know. Well, based on what you're saying. That's like saying Big Bird and Snuffleupagus are cousins just because they're both Muppets. When they don't. Are Are any of the Muppets related? Um, maybe. No Muppets are related to each other. Only through marriage. Well, but Piggy and uh, Kermit are not actually married in, <gasps> in Muppet lore. In sin. Good, honestly, good. Kermit deserves better. 
than she's an aggressive. abusive relationship. Yeah, she's aggressive. Although she has been toned down in later uh, iterations right, well, of... Mu- I, why do I know so much about the Muppets? They're your people. They're your true family. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do love the Muppets. I'm also not up on my current Sesame Street lore. You know, it's been probably That's fair. over two decades since I, I did see watched an episode of Sesame Street. I did see a meme that honestly it's awful so i might cut this out but i need you to know (laughs) that there's a uh sesame street character who has been introduced who is a child experiencing houselessness Mm -hmm. and they put that up on twitter and someone reacted to it and said oscar the grouch has been living in a trash can for 30 years (laughs) that was my exact same thought too but was that his his chosen environment? Exactly. Like it, it, it's confusing. It's bigger on the inside because there was an episode where they went into Oscar's Oscar the Grouch's house. Is his the doctor man. from Doctor Who? Yes. This just makes like Elmo a companion. <laughs> uh, he does have the red hair. Who's the most annoying companion? Amy Pond. Yeah. <laughs> No, Clara, but I don't remember those seasons oh, that Oh, I well. stopped watching. Anyway. Moving on. Welcome to Late Night Tangent so, Hour. However, they identify either as family, neighbors, they friendly. They found family. Acquaintances, exactly. However, they are considered to be similar creatures with ape-like features from a distance, like the gray monkey the five men of the hunting party encountered. There are many stories and encounters with the abominable swamp slobs through the 1970s. (laughs) I know, I love the name. But the only incident that resulted in any injury was when a witness had reportedly been chased by one and almost caught, shown by the ripped shirt and clawed chest he sported after his encounter. In any case, the similarities between these and the Enfield monster make many believe that the creatures may be either one and the same, if not in cahoots, or... That the Enfield monster is a completely separate being Mm. and that the swamp slobs just happen to be, like you said, in the same area. Yeah. Um, I'd like, Haley, if you're taking requests um, or anybody that listens to the show, I'd like to request an abominable swamp slob slob, like band t-shirt. The abominable swamp slobs? It doesn't sound like a great It does. It's amazing. And by great, I mean, like, a really shitty bar band that, like, yeah. four high college guys form. Like, they're at the Irish pub that mm. all of the locals go to, standing in the corner, like, strumming guitars. One Why? of them's, like, roughly... We're the abominable swamp slubs. And this is our song. And it's about to get sloppy. <laughs> Mud. Mud! <laughs> You're like, what's in a swamp? What's in a swamp? What's in a swamp? Uh, <laughs> I can't. It can't be funny. It's bedtime. <laughs> well, it could also be real, the Enfield monster, in the sense that it was a kangaroo or other wild animal uncommon for the area. A few days after the initial encounter, an anthropology student had suggested the creature may be a wild ape, which had been reported through the Mississippi area since 1941 and may have moved north. Oh. So, maybe. I mean, as with things like Mothman and other creatures, cryptids that we've talked about on this show, there's always the possibility 
that it's an animal that is uncommon for the area that can't mm-hmm. necessarily be easily identified by because you're not expecting to exactly see that yeah. so your brain then doesn't take you to what would seem to be the logical answer of right. this is a animal that i could recognize if i was presented with that possibility if i were in australia i'd be like oh that's kangaroo exactly instead your brain goes oh my gosh it's a monster it's an alien it is something completely outside of my world it's a pair of pants (laughs) honestly i'm still pretty convinced that those are real like they're definitely just i i hope so i love them they're sweet and they are Lomas Fresno. <laughs> they're obvious. I know, guys. For for my birthday, Shannon first of all got me a slew of gifts. One for every day before my birthday, which was amazing. Not, I mean, thirty because you were turning thirty. That's true. Not for Not an entire every year. Day. So sorry, I should have clarified. <laughs> Since you were born. <laughs> Since I was born. <laughs> anyway, one of them was a little packet. Hillary Duff. <laughs> That's a joke just for us, guys. Sorry. But it's a it's it was a little packet of cryptid stickers cryptid themed stickers and one of them was little miss fresno and it was the fresno night stalker with a little crawler night crawler night stalker oh god <laughs> no you you went california <laughs> and you went i did murder <laughs> the fresno night crawler the pants not the man um <laughs> with a little band or uh sash, sash. that said the miss fresno and, and i think the happy. the the pants they're wearing like fishnets <laughs> yes yes they are with high heels yeah it's amazing. Adorbs. So now um, I need a swamp slob one. Well, I'll get right on Etsy and yep. investigate. We'll do it. The second theory is that it's a hoax perpetrated by the press coverage, other locals, however unintentional or fun. Sorry. I oh, just had an idea. She raised idea. her hand. I, well, no, that was like a. <gasps> oh, I see. I thought I, you raised your hand. I want someone to write like a cozy mystery where an entire town, it's like a, a marketing campaign to get more people to come to their town by inventing a cryptid. <laughs> oh, and they have town meetings about like, all yes. right, so and what is like, our cryptid? Okay, so there's a tour bus coming and it's like, you know, high school kids are like pulling the fishing line to make it like float across. This. Basically, I want it to be like... a stage manager and I want it to be like Home Alone meets the Truman Show, but like everyone in the town is in on it. And the visitors are Truman. I feel like there is a movie about this with Bigfoot. Mm. In any case, we need to write this book. We yeah. could do that. We could Christina Lauren this. Boom. What I think if, what, Christina Lauren. <laughs> I, I made her. Uh, I made a Ralph them, Lauren. Yeah, Ralph Lauren. <laughs> I don't know what my brain does. Emma Shannon. Emma Shannon. So Greg Garrett. The little kid who had his tennis shoes ripped apart while they were still on his feet. How are your feet? Okay. Claimed later in the press that he had made a story up to mess with Mr. McDaniel and the local news team. Okay. Which makes sense because that was also my question. Like, how did your tennis shoes get ripped apart? Very Dennis the Menace. Exactly. But your feet are fine? Yeah. Like, mm, I don't believe you. He apparently thought it was funny, which, fair enough, you're 10. Yeah. <laughs> Others say that McDaniel's initial sighting does not line up with the sightings by others, like the fact that it has three legs, doesn't look like an ape, it has the six-toed situation, whereas everything else seems to be four-toed and going along that line of, like, abominable swamp slob. I just love saying it. Every time. I love saying it. But it may mean 
that McDaniel is seeing something that is like a, from a weird angle or it's a wild animal that he just doesn't recognize. Mm-hmm. And so it in that way of like, he doesn't necessarily believe it's a hoax, but he's accidentally perpetrating it by mm-hmm. believing that what he's seeing is not, or, or it is real, but it's not of this world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. However, it should also be noted, he called the radio station and not the police to report his second sighting. Mm. Which did raise some red flags for a lot of people gotcha. in terms of believing his story. But I guess, because the second time was when he was like, it was just on the railroad tracks. Yeah, he didn't chilling. do anything about it. Like, if a deer was on the railroad tracks, he wouldn't call the police. I mean, that that's also fair. So if I it think, wasn't causing a danger, then maybe. Yeah, because it wasn't scratching at his door again. Yeah. And it did eventually run away. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, I think for... Like, animal control? Yeah, I think for people at that point, when they were... When this was so big of a thing, sure. they were like, why didn't you? But, like, you're right. Like, why? why? The police got why other better stuff to do. Yeah. Apparently, there's tons of people in the woods getting drunk and shooting. So yeah. we got... We're busy. Sorry. We don't, we don't want no corpses. So, lastly is the theory that it could be a case of social contagion. In 1978, sociologists headed by David L. Miller published a paper on the Enfield monster as a case study of the collective behavior where a group or crowd will be affected by, quote, group emotions, such as panics, hysterias, collective visions, and extreme instances of suggestibility, end quote. They also said, quote, in this area of southern Illinois, it is not unreasonable to assume Mr. M, McDaniel, or the radio news team had actually seen an animal. People we interviewed framed the recent events in these terms. Their accounts admitted the possibility that large dogs, calves, bears, deer, and wildcats had been sighted. Some frames suggested that an exotic pet, such as an ape or a kangaroo, was the catalyst for the monster reports. Finally, some people tactfully suggested that Mr. M had a notoriously overactive imagination (laughs) and had probably been shooting at shadows. In any event, we interviewed only one person who agreed with Mr. M's claim that he had indeed seen a monster from outer space, end quote. They did not give this person's name, and I could not find who it was. Mm. But I also don't necessarily believe that's entirely true, because the story comes from one person. Mm -hmm. The social contagion around it is possible based on everyone coming to try and find the monster, and... Maybe they see something that they believe could possibly be it. But I don't think it really digs down into what McDaniel thinks he saw. Mm. So, yes to half of it, I guess, Mm. is really my thought. I'm going to choose to believe that the one other person that was like, yeah, he totally did see something, is like the nice librarian that's had a crush on him for like 20 years oh my god that could be part of our story just saying the guy in the ghillie suit (laughs) is like in love with the town librarian who's doing all the research to like get stories Mm -hmm. of the monster together and they're like working together so we can like get his like you know area down how he should walk how he should Mm -hmm. appear Oh my god, I'm so excited for this book we're going to write. What kind of pun can we make? I don't know. We'll workshop it. I'm so excited. The true love contagion. (laughs) Okay. I love it. Dibs. 
Dibs, dibs. Tam, tam. Copyright, copyright. While there hasn't been a sighting of the Enfield monster since this point, his legend persists, as do the Swamp Slobs. The end. <laughs> that was the, the, swa- uh, the yeah. suction, the suction the of the swamp. Yeah, sorry. I understood it once it was over. <laughs> I'm, you know what I'm picturing mm. when you say the swamp slobs? I kn- this does not match the description of what you very carefully researched and told us. But those, I think they're also from Sesame Street, where like their jaw is just like. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> like <laughs> what? <laughs> they're like bright colored. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. They yes, and they, they like, are don't really talk. they are Muppets. I don't know if they're on Sesame Street, um, but yes, they're like little fuzzy. You know those like fuzzy pipe cleaner snakes. Wow, we both just <laughs> made each other very confused in the span of we one had minute. Very different childhoods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Isn't this fun? Don't you feel like you're a sleepover with us, and we're at the part where we're all like. Guys, we're going to sleep. And then you're like laying there in your sleeping bag and then someone's like, Abominable Swamp Slob. And then someone's just like, <laughs> And everybody starts laughing. Yeah. Abominable Swamp Slob. What would I even type into Google? I don't know. Jawless Sesame Street. No, that might, that might come up something disgusting. Well, jawless fish. No, thank you. Ew. Oh, it's showing me like <laughs> the Sesame Street version of Jaws. <laughs> anyway, I'll just live in unknownness. But if you know what I'm talking about, good for you. Sorry. And now I'm looking them up. <laughs> we have to know. You want to know what I looked up? What? Muppet. La, 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 la characters. <laughs> How did you even spell that? Just L A L A L A. La, 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 characters. Did it work? Um, maybe <laughs> we just we're gonna go on like Muppetpedia and just be swiping through every single page. That might be where I am. <laughs> I love that there's a wiki for everything these days. Miscellaneous Muppets. Yeah, they don't say real words. They just kind of like flap their jaw around. Yip yips. Yip yips. Yeah, those things, guys. They're yip yips. I'm. S- That's what I'm picturing. I'm saving this photo when I. That's what I'm picturing when you say swamp plop. Swamp plop. Swamp plop. That's what they would say. Like if they could actually say real sounds. They're jellyfish-like hovering aliens with antennas, severe underbite, and a distinctive yip, 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 oh, sound. <laughs> You're welcome. They're called yip, yips. Yip, yips. I love it. I have now saved that to my phone. Those two are us. I call the blue one. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep. Those are the, those, are, those are the tattoos. Looking. No, I still like the ghosts. No, I want this. Oh, she wants it now. Let's book it. Two hundred fiftieth episode. I'm gonna cry. Oh. I want to yip yip on my body so bad. I thought you were gonna say on my butt. I was picturing like oh cheeks. <laughs> not that oh god the yawning maw <laughs> <laughs> oh, yip yip on my ass 
<laughs> you go to the dermatologist and they're like, what is that? <laughs> that can't possibly be the worst thing the dermatologist has ever seen. <laughs> I love that. The dermatologist is the one looking at my butt, not any other doctor. Look, I didn't want to get too personal, and then you you went with the, the yawning mom. I'm crying. Imagine going to the gynecologist. Was that on your ass? Look what I can make it do. <laughs> Zachary is going to be like, what the hell are they doing down there? What is happening down there? I'm trying to go to bed. I'm crying. (laughs) Ow. I hurt so much. You ever laugh so hard that the back of your head seizes? (laughs) (laughs) No. I think we have to go to bed. Yeah, we gotta go. Was there anything else you wanted to say? No, I just, I want to make sure everybody... Check underneath your bed for Enfield monsters. Hopefully they're not there. Hopefully they're just a bunch of yip yips hanging out. Under your bed, under not your under bed. your butt. <laughs> we gotta go. We love you. And remember, this podcast doesn't exist. <laughs> and neither does our sanity. Uh, Good night. Gotta, gotta love some podcast recording after dark. Because it gets... After done. Real fun. This episode was researched, co-produced, and edited by Emma Kiley. Co-produced and marketed by Shannon McCarthy. Our theme music was composed and performed by Tom Emsley-Smith. The Mailbag theme music was composed by Liam Kiley.